And the reason we're going to focus on this is that I really have been thinking a lot about the incarnation. That is, the belief that God became a human being in Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? Have you ever really thought about what that was like? Like when, when Jesus was born, as he uh, emerges from his mother, you know, what was he thinking? You know, was he uh, scanning uh, the, the moons of Jupiter at that time with his, his divine knowledge? Uh, or was he just like a regular baby, just screaming his head off? What, what was actually going on there? Either Jesus uh, at birth already had full knowledge of quantum mechanics... Or he had to learn how to do everything to walk and talk like any other baby. These are questions that we need to be asking. Uh, what part of his divinity uh, was, was conscious in Jesus Christ? When he was born, was he well aware that he was the second person of the Trinity? Was he thinking about the creation of the world and all of the things that had taken place there. Now, I, I am sympathetic to those who believe that Jesus was fully aware and had all knowledge and everything else right there. Like, even as a, as a two-month-old baby, uh, that he had complete uh, awareness of, of not just his, the language that he would have to learn in his household, of that of Aramaic, but he knew every language uh, that had ever been on earth and that ever would be on earth, that he had uh, complete knowledge of the internet that had not been uh, invented for thousands of years later. Uh, I, I, am, I am sympathetic to that because at least it emphasizes the fact that Jesus is God and we need to have that emphasis. But on the other hand, it doesn't really take seriously the incarnation that Jesus really was a human being. And if he was a real human being, if he took on the experience of a human being, that would seem to suggest that he was just a baby like any other baby, and he had to uh, be taught everything that any other young child would have to be taught. Now, that's a, a, a fine idea, but it actually has support in the passage that we're looking at here, where it talks about how he grew and developed over his years. And that tells us that this really is the truth. That in some way, despite being God incarnate, Jesus really did develop. Now, the reason I bring this up, and the reason I want to talk about this today, is in 2019, we are going to focus on what it means to be growing spiritually. And we're going to have a lot of things that are going to be taking place that are going to focus on that. That's why we're going to go from Genesis to Revelation. And there's going to be a lot of other things that are going to be designed to foster uh, a, a culture of growing spiritually. And so I wanted to, to end 2018 with a message that talks about this. And I want to use the experience of Jesus as our template that we can look at what happened to him, how he developed as a person, and look at what that means for us, how we can develop 
in the same way. So the first thing that we see in this passage is that Jesus developed physically. And so, yes, he, he was a baby, and then we see him as this 12-year-old. And then, of course, uh, as anyone, uh, as uh, 12-year-olds are, they, they, they grow quickly. Uh, he would have gotten taller. He gained muscle mass. Uh, he just grew in, in every way physically. And this was important. He needed to become stronger because he was going to have a physically demanding ministry. He was going to travel from town to town. He was going to preach long messages. He was going to go periods of time without uh, having any food or having any rest. And so it was important for him to go through these physical changes. And likewise, as Christians, we all go through physical changes. We mature. So we have our experience as, as children, and then as teenagers, and then as young adults, and then as mature adults, and then as senior adults. We go through these processes of getting older. And this might not seem very spiritual, but this is something that really is important for us to think about how we develop spiritually. I was talking a little bit about uh, how we had our youth events last Sunday. Now, I used to be a youth pastor. That's how I started off my ministry, was as a youth pastor. And I thought about um, how I would do those kind of events weekly. And uh, last Sunday, when we had that, I was ready to collapse. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm not the same person that I was 25 years ago. I, I, have, I have changed a lot. My energy level is not the same. And so we don't necessarily um, uh, look for um, you know, people in our church who, who might be seniors to say, you know what, we want you to go up on top of the roof and uh, re-shingle for us. Because that's, that's not necessarily the rule there. Likewise, we're not going to send our children uh, up there to do that. Even if they might be willing to do that, we're not going to do that. There are different rules for us at different stages of life. But as I've mentioned before... I do not believe that it is appropriate for any of us to say, well, I've put in my time, now it's, it, this is just my time to kind of coast. I've already served, and now I am retired from serving in the church in any way. I don't see any scripture that supports that in any way. I completely acknowledge that with physical changes, there is a transition in how we serve and, and how we, we work for God's kingdom, but we are never retired from that. And so, yes, what we do as a teenager might look a little bit different from what we do as a, a young family with young children as what we might do as a senior, but there's always a role. So I, I was thinking of uh, Dorothy White, uh, and, you know, that she, there she is in her, her mid-90s, and she is not going to be retired from ministry. She has this wonderful smile that, uh, that just draws people, and so she has an important role. Uh, even if you are physically uh, very weak, you still have the opportunity to encourage people with your words, to pray for people. There's always something to be done. But to grow spiritually just means to be aware of where we are physically and to serve in the way that is appropriate for our stage of life. The next thing we see here is that Jesus 
grew in knowledge. Now, in the, the whole passage that we look at here, even as a 12-year-old, he seems to, to know a fair bit. That He's able to sit in the temple and to talk with the teachers and to ask them questions. By the way, I would, I would like to emphasize the fact that Jesus asked questions there, uh, but also that he had answers for them as well. And so he was obviously very intelligent as a 12-year-old, and yet it also says that he developed in his knowledge. He gained in knowledge. He grew in wisdom. And this was very important for him because in his ministry, he was going to have a lot of opportunities, not just to preach to the crowds, but also to debate with the religious leaders and to be put in some pretty difficult positions where he really needed to have his wits about him. And he was trained for that by growing in knowledge. And in the same way, we need to seek to grow knowledge. Now, I happen to be passionate about this. I love schooling. Uh, I've been enjoying even the fact that uh, Amanda is at seminary. Uh, She now uh, gets to buy the books that I wish I could buy for myself. And uh, she'll tell you that I end up reading her textbooks just for fun, just because it's it's great to to be able to to, uh, learn in those ways. Uh, I love to read books. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to talk to other pastors. And it's not just about theology and the Bible. I love to learn about all kinds of subjects. But I realize that not everyone is like that. And, and nor should everyone be like that. You, you don't have to be this, this passionate student who just wants to soak up knowledge completely. But there still is a role for us to grow in knowledge. The, the basic description for us uh, as followers of Jesus, is that of disciples. Long before anyone was called a Christian, we were called disciples. And a disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner. We need to seek to learn. We learn by studying the Bible, reading the Bible, learning from other Christians, talking about our experiences. And those are ways in which we can learn and develop as Christians. And so we can do this in all kinds of ways. Even if you read one verse a day and learn from that, that makes a difference. If you throw yourself into Bible study and just want to soak it up, then that's great as well. If you want to read Christian books that help to teach the truths of Christianity, well, that's great as well. I'm not, it's not a competition. We're not training you to win a, a Bible trivia contest. It's a, about growing in some way. And as long as we're moving in the right direction and growing in knowledge, that's all that matters. And then we see that that Jesus grew in his relationship with God. Now let this soak in, okay? Who was Jesus? He was the Son of God. He was the second person of the Trinity. He was God. And yet we see that he develops in his relationship with the Father. Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely amazing. But that was important for him in the incarnation. If he's going to be and, and to, to share the human experience, he had to go through that. And if Jesus grew in his relationship with the Father, how much more do we need to develop in our relationship with the Father? You, you may know that there's a, a debate among some people about uh, Christianity, whether Christianity is a religion or a relationship. 
And I don't think it's an either-or. It certainly is a a religion. Uh, It may be more than a religion, but it's it's not less than a religion. If you look at the definition of a religion, uh, Christianity seems to fit in that pretty, pretty well. But it's also about a relationship. Living in relationship with God. There's so much in the Bible that talks about us being adopted into God's family as his daughters and sons. That is an amazing thing. And this is what I love about growing in our relationship with God. That there is no no one-size-fits-all way to develop in your relationship with God. For, For some of you, it's going to be sitting in silence for an hour. If I tried to do that, I would be sound asleep. I cannot do that at all. For some of you, it's going to be walking through the woods. For some of you, it's going to be singing passionately worship songs. Uh, There's all kinds of ways for us to grow in our relationship with God. And it's not my job to say, this is the one way that you need to do it. Find the way that you will grow in your relationship with God. It is so important. And then the last thing we find here is that he grew in his relationship with people. It's just amazing to look at the story of Jesus, how he, he was baptized by John. And, and why was he baptized? Yeah, he, it was a baptism of repentance, but he had nothing to repent of. He did it because he wanted to stand with his people. He was doing it because he was part of a community. We find that even though Jesus could have done all of his ministry... All by himself, he lacked nothing, he could have been able to do it completely by himself, and yet he gathers together this large group of disciples, he has a smaller group of 12, and then within that 12, he's got an inner core of three. All of Jesus' ministry was about relationships, it was about community, and that's the same thing for us. Uh, when, when I first uh, came back to faith after some time as an atheist, uh, the church that I attended really emphasized the idea of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's true. I, I fully affirm the importance of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But there's a danger there that we think of it just in individualistic terms, that it's just about me and Jesus and no one else. And yet, that's not the way it's supposed to be. When Jesus was asked what the most important commandments were, he said it's about loving God and loving other people. That's what it's supposed to be like. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray, Our Father, not my Father. We pray, Our Father. Even if we are by ourselves in our room praying, Our Father, We are praying that with acknowledgement that we are part of a community. This is why we come to church on Sundays. You know, you can find good teaching online. You can download wonderful worship songs. You can find all of these things elsewhere other than church. But we come to church, yes, to connect with God, but also to connect with other people. Developing relationships is part of growing spiritually. In 2019, we are going to focus on what it means to grow spiritually. And I'm really excited about going through this throughout the year. And there's all kinds of ways for us to grow spiritually. 
we can acknowledge where we are physically, where we are in life stage, and try to find the ways that are appropriate for the stage that we are in. We can seek to grow in knowledge, to learn about the Bible, to learn about the Christian faith. We will develop our relationship with God through worship and through prayer and through all kinds of other disciplines. And here's the great thing. We get to do it together. Together as a community, we can grow in our relationship with Jesus. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to to grow in you. Just as we think of Jesus developing and and growing from a a 12-year-old into the 30-year-old who would start that ministry, that we can be a part of that process as well. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would work in us and change us and develop us. In Jesus' name, amen.